Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me again is Josh Cacho. Josh, what's up, man? I mean, we're LAFC is back, but the rest of the world seems to be burning down. So, you know, you take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I was really excited to see him back. Uh, it feels like it's been absolutely forever. Um, and it looked like they had a little bit of rust on him today as well. Um, but it, it's good to... It's good to have something to record about live again. It's good to see them out there and to be able to sit down and watch a match with my kids. What do you think about tonight? I mean, the first half was what you expected given, you know, given the time off, right? I mean, the type of the type of game that LFC is going to play is not going to translate well with the amount of time off and the lack of training that they've had together over the course of time, right? Because it, re- it requires you to be clean and precise in the final third and, and in your build-up play and those types of things, as opposed to the way that Houston played after their first after the first goal, which was, you know, drop drop seven behind the ball and then just hit long balls over the top to Minotas or uh, or Elise, Elise, Elise up top. And so, you know, again, it, it it's kind of what I expected, Obviously, you don't expect to give up three goals, though, right? And that's what LAFC had been better about in the past. But, you know, the ru- the rush showed a little bit and some of those things, and I'm sure we'll get into what we saw and how that, you know, how that translated on the field. Yeah, I think I think it's going to take another watch for me to really dig into what was going on from, you know, just watching with all the emotions running. It seemed like we just kept getting beat behind the fullbacks, which is not something new. Galaxy have been doing it to us for a while now, putting a winger in behind and either playing a ball over the top or on the on the on the ground to the corners and then trying to beat us with wingers behind as our fullbacks are caught up field. And normally, you know, you can you can allow your fullback to recover, but with our midfield continually pushed so far forward and just kind of getting caught out of position and not hustling back on those during those plays and not tracking those runners. I mean, you see it happen a couple of times where I think it was the second goal when Zarek Valentin was just wide open and you see Segura trying to, uh, to break on him late and there's just nobody even around him. So by the time Segura gets to him, the ball's already been chipped over his head and it's over. It's in the back of the net. Uh, ideally you'd like to see a midfielder there, but um, that's what I'll be watching for in the, in the rewatch here before we record again for more of an in-depth analysis. But um, you, there was, there was some intricate play. I feel like all three goals actually came because of good combination play all around uh, kind of like the half space in the box, which is typically where LAFC likes to be. So it seems like that's there. And like you said, it, it, once it, once they play a few more matches together, I, I anticipate it getting even better. Yeah, I mean, especially the combination, you know, like you saw it a little bit in the once, um, <clears throat> was it Janelle came in for, uh, who did he sub in for? Blackman, I think? Janela came in for Blackman and Blessing and moved to right back. back. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you just see that the, like, the, there is a little bit of, like, this nice combination play between, you know, the Uruguayans. Um, mm-hmm. They seem to just know where each other are going to be at at any given time and so it'll be interesting to see if that continues to develop and what that looks like going forward especially you know um in the absence of carlos vela and that lack of a guy that you can just get the ball to and let him create something on its own 
right? You go from the, you know, it's like the difference between what, um, you know, Barcelona look like now under, under Setien in terms of like, it almost all revolves around what Messi does versus what it used to be under Pep, where you have like this intricate buildup and da da da, and you know, and then he, and then the, and then the main guy is just allowed to shine within what's already a beautiful system. Um, I think we're caught in between a little bit of those two, where I'm not quite sure that the team can is ready to play without having that focal point, because um, you know there was this stat that they talked about with with Messi previously. It was called they called it like walking gravity. Kind mm-hmm. of looking at how much, even when he doesn't have the ball, how much attention he draws towards himself. Like how many players does he draw towards him by simply being him? And Carlos Vela, in MLS at least, has that same quality. Where even if he doesn't have the ball, you can't cheat your center back over across the field to help out nearly as much because you don't want to leave him alone. And so that just gives the opposite winger a lot more time, room to operate, and so on and so forth. Well, while you know, both you know Rossi and Rodriguez are very good. They don't have that thing about them, you know, at least at this at this point, in terms of like they don't demand that respect at all times. That you have to have watchful eyes on them um, throughout the course of the match. And so Houston at that point was able to stay fairly balanced in their defense, you know, especially up a goal. And so that's where you start to see some of these things, you know, you're going to need to be a little more intricate in terms of how you build it up, how you switch the field, how you switch the field of play um, in the absence of a guy who can just change the game in an instant. Right. Right. And I, it is tough to watch everything, try to go through Rossi and and Rodriguez because um, it feels dangerous, but oftentimes it just comes to nothing, which is uh, it's kind of frustrating as a fan to watch, but um, the fact that they were able to get three goals on what was largely a bunkered team does uh, does give me hope going forward too. Because again, you don't have the best player in the league on the right wing. You have um, a couple young uh, young DPs out there instead. Um, and there's we we talk about it all the time. There's not really a creative midfielder to run everything through. Uh, BWP is a new piece. So the fact that they were able to put everything together and make that comeback is really promising. If you ask me. Yeah. I mean, um, I like, I don't want to make it sound like it's all doom and gloom after, especially after the first half. I think that's where we kind of all felt, you know, so the second half definitely turned things around and it looked much better. Um, you know, but I think there's a few things that we had talked about, you know, we were texting back and forth in the middle of the game that I think just irk us in terms of, how some of these buildups occur, why it, and how it ends up leaving the defense exposed, right? You know, I think we've got a couple of questions regarding our our backline and how, you know, why they end up being put, you know, end up in some of these positions. And I'm not entirely sure it's always their fault as opposed to the way that the midfield and 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 the fullbacks are balancing each other out in terms of the responsibilities when when numbers are going forward, right? And I think it just often it. You know, it puts Segura and Yakovic on an island, and you know you see Yakovic getting on his high horse, you know, five or six times a game, and that's a little bit of a scary thought because, again, he shouldn't have to do that if you you know you don't want him to be in that position if you're controlling if you're controlling the tempo and controlling the balance of the field correctly. But I think so, again, often they get caught pushing too many numbers forward from the midfield 
where I'm not entirely sure it's necessary based on the, st- the way that teams are playing and again, uh, like how teams are setting up defensively against them. Yeah. So Houston tonight looked like several times they were in essentially a, like a four five one when defending. Uh, every once in a while, it looked like a four four two. I'm not sure what the trigger was for them to send another midfielder forward. It seemed to be like uh, if there was a second midfielder that dropped in and sort of a double pivot, then they'd send another forward. But for the most part, it was like four five, a flat five, and then a one. Uh, and they were using their wingers to chase down our wingers and fullbacks when they get the ball wide. So that's when you'd see that formation break. So for me, that's like, okay, well, if that's what's happening, that's where we need to attack is we need to, we need to have more combination play from the winger and the fullback and whoever the midfielder is on that side and less combination through the middle. Or I I felt like, again, I'm, I love seeing a good line, a good line breaking pass. But uh, when you're trying to make a pass from, Eddie Segura, Dejan Yakovic, all the way to Dio or BWP. Uh, I don't think that's the most efficient way to to get the ball forward yeah. through what's essentially nine defenders. I mean, generally, um, you would want to probably see it hit out to the hit out to one of the fullbacks that is pushed up, and then from there they're going to be able to cross that field again and switch the switch the play one more time. Um, right, you know. Right. Or at least hit that into the midfield to one of our, you know, who who you would think at that point can make that turn and and get forward. But neither Cade nor nor Blessing seem to have that ability to make that turn on off the long ball. You know, like I said, that first touch mm-hmm. is a little has seeming you know is always a little bit too too hard for either of them um, when they're trying to corral that ball that longer ball and it ends up into seems to be just just in the bouncing off of one of them and then next thing you know we're back in the you know in the counter pressing and trying to turn them back over yeah what i will say is the the one touch passing there were several times where i you know there's three or four one touch passes back and forth between midfielders and fullbacks and center backs uh and it did a lot to really disorient the houston defenders so that was encouraging to me i do agree that uh latif Latif uh, just stays on the ball far too long most of the time. And so that hurts your combination play. Obviously there were a couple of times he got bailed out by, by fouls. The, you know, the first goal seems to be his giveaway and then his, you know, poor recovery. And then he, uh, I don't know who memo Rodriguez, right. He gets him to jump and then, and then takes a shot as Vermeer's trying to take away the, the far post. I have no idea why he's taking away that post, but he is, um, I mean, my guess is he didn't expect Latif to jump in the air to, to get jump. Up the yeah, that's both. fair. Is yeah. what I, I mean, again, I'm not a goalkeeper. We may have to refer to Laura on this one, but you know, if if I'm Ramirez, I'm expecting Latif to stay down, cover that, take away that side, make him come back inside, and then then that's where you're, you know, where where you have the hearth of the defense. Yeah, that's fair. When Latif that's jumps, fair. it opens up that whole gap, and he's already, you know, gone the other way, expecting. I'm, you know, I'm assuming the help. But never that never came. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, I think we started by talking about playing through the wide areas more. And uh, we talk about this all the time. Uh, if you're sick of hearing this, then please tweet at us and let us know. But it's kind of the Man City versus Liverpool way of, are we going to play with the fullbacks wide and use them as, a, as the creative spark? Or are we going to try and play through the midfield and use them? And personally, I think our midfield is much more suited to 
the Liverpool method, and not only that, but I think our, our fullbacks are as well, than we are the Man City method. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is if when you look at the way Manchester City play, is that their their fullbacks end up taking up the taking up that midfield role, so that the two attacking midfielders can get forward, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have to have David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne to be able to do those things because they attack the half space, and and the and just set up goals left and right for either each other or for Aguero or for one of the the wingers making that hard cut in from the outside at that moment. But when you see the ball being played through R2, you know, I think in, in the 4-3-3, they're considered free eights rather than attacking attacking midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, again, when they make that turn, the, the touch is almost too heavy, and a lot of times it's lost. And then you see that, that initial pass, that it's, again, it, it, it's more reminiscent of like a pinball machine. A lot of times when that ball is trying to be played through the midfield, as opposed to when you get, um, you know, play through the outside, you know, whether it's Blackman to Vela and then Vela, and you have the those outside, the outside forwards or in, playing more inside, right? And so instead of Rossi and and Rodriguez staying out wide, now we want them to play closer towards the eighteen, and then pick up the ball there. Let those overlapping runs occur from the outside, so that way those cutback those cutback crosses are coming from the fullbacks rather than the forwards. And you have three guys in the box, you know, in, you know, inside the penalty box trying to finish those off as opposed to having the midfield crash um, Mm -hmm. to make those same goals. So again, it, it it just depends on how much of a threat you think your midfielders are. Um, Again, it's, it's hard to say because again, you know, like Latif will create a goal like he did in the first one. Right. But that yet simultaneously give away possession, previ- you know, previous that to give up that same goal, and so you have you know weighing that risk versus reward. You know, again, I won- I wonder against some of these bunkering teams if that ability, his defensive ability, is worth is carries the same value versus someone who's going to be a little bit more tidy on the ball. In if that's how you're going to play, if you're going to build up through the midfield, if you are going to have you know the. Um, you know you're going. You're not going to have the the fullback sit nearly as much. Um, you're going to have to have people who are going to take care of the ball inside. You know, in the in the attacking third. And as of right now, you know neither Kane nor nor Blessing have done that consistently. Um, you know, again, and this goes back to was it the Galaxy game last year when it seemed like it was just every ball just seemed to bounce off Jonathan Santos and go back the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we I feel like we've talked this point to death over and over and over again. And I, I mean, at some point, I guess we're just gonna have to deal with the fact that uh, Bob favors the the Man City Pep Guardiola method and be okay with that. Uh, I just think that our roster is so well suited for the opposite way. I guess the opposite is the wrong way to describe it, but. Um, yeah, Again, I mean, it's just a just different guys. approach, right? It's it, it's looking at the midfield as more of an industrious, yeah, bunch as opposed to a creative bunch, mm-hmm. right? And so, what I wonder though is, like, again, like Andy Nahar, should he, fit, you know, should he find his way into the roster into the eighteen, which slides Blackman back inside, um, over over Yakovic, does that now give you two creative, two creative fullbacks? 
that you ne- don't necessarily have when Blackman is out there. Right, Blackman has done an admirable job when he's been called into those positions, but I don't necessarily think that's his strong suit, as opposed as opposed to him being athletic and quick and you know from that center back position. I think is his probably his best his best um, you know his best position at this point. Versus if you have both Palacios, who you know made a couple forward runs, looked really good doing it. And if you can get the same thing from Nahar on the opposite side, which when he was at Anderlecht a couple of times, he did feature at you know the right midfield at times or as a right wing back. So they do have those offensive skills. Now, does that give you that license to now say, okay, maybe if you're playing a more you know defensively solid midfield that's not going to get forward as much, and let them you know you know basically let your midfield either you know that's who recycles the play. That's who is going to counter press hard and win back the ball, but then immediately your goal is to get it back out to the wing. Where now, you know your for you know your inside forwards in Rodriguez and um, Rossi, and then obviously Vela when he's back, um, are going to work with those midfielders to create and then allow you know your 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 center forward and BWB to basically just get on the end of, of of balls, which again he's more than capable of doing. He showed it tonight. Almost had a second one. Um, you know, later later on in the first half. So again, I think I think with the with the new additions that you have at your disposal, I think it's a matter of time of just trying to make sure that they can do those jobs. And again, I think my guess is for this game, given the short notice, you know, Bob went with what he knew. And and in that's you know, England likely what we saw for this game. Hopefully, as time goes on, those guys will prove themselves, and you can become a more dynamic team that says, "Okay, if we're playing against a team that is going to, you know, sit back a little bit more and 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 play, well, I guess that's eighty percent of Major League Soccer, but that's going to play a little bit more defensively. You know, we're going to bring in a midfield that's going to be a little bit more uh, clean on the ball <clears throat> versus against some of these teams like a Seattle or um, you know Atlanta that." like to attack, then that's when Latif and Mark Anthony K are at their best, right? Because that's when they're going to turn people over as more defensive, you know, eights and then spring the counterattack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I think we have a lot to chew on before we rewatch the game and then come back and uh, analyze in depth. One thing I wanted to talk about that I did not anticipate at all, but was very happy to see was, uh, the man who is wearing the captain's armband tonight, Josh, uh, what do you think of Mark Anthony K as the captain when Vela is not around? I mean, I'm assuming if if Harvey's on the field, he's probably the next guy up, right? If mm. Harvey is, is on is playing. But in terms of emotional leaders, I mean, he's probably the only guy that I think fits the bill. Yeah. Right. In terms of the guys that are out there who are available, you know, that's the other part of it too. Is like, you know, a guy like Dio could probably, you know, fit the mold of being an emotional leader for this team. <laughs> Dio cannot stay on the field though. So again, again, he's... it's availability, right? And, and <laughs> the thing about K as like outside of his one big injury, he has been available. He is, he tends to be that that guy who's willing to jump into a fight for you. Whether or mm-hmm. not you want that from your captain, captain, I don't know. But you know, guys probably respect him enough because. He has been that person. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably why they gave him that, you know, that honor tonight. And so I'm, you know, I'm on board with it because like I said, I'm not sure of the guys that were there if there's anyone that really fits 
fits the bill and and is able to do the things necessary from you know a leadership standpoint that that K would be able to in that sense. Maybe at Tuesta, but he seems like too quiet of a guy. Yeah, to me, to me, Mark Anthony K in retrospect was like the greatest choice because he is an emotional leader um, and he does set the tone so often for uh, you know when it when a when a teammate goes down after a hard challenge, he's the one to the scrap, right? And I don't feel like he's irresponsible with it. I just feel like he's always there for his guys. Um, so that's, I mean, I, I loved seeing that. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see him coming off because I thought he looked good. Uh, maybe that's just a, you know, save the legs type of thing and gives Fuentes a little bit of run. Yeah. I mean, if you match. have five substitutions. Yeah. Yeah. In that heat, in the different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned Dio, Josh, um, that man, I, I didn't see what happened. I don't know if you got a good shot of it. Uh, I didn't. I I'm going to go back and look at it again to see exactly. You know, it's like I turned around the next thing I know he's coming off the field again. So obviously it's not a, it's not ideal given, given his history so far. Um, but you know, again, we'll see and hopefully it's nothing too serious and he'll be one of those things where he, you know, he just needed to come off for a little bit and we'll be able to go sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked really good when he came on. Um, he was not lacking any confidence as usual. Um, you know, little flicks and in, in, uh, tricks behind his own legs and dribbling through opponents and everything. He was moving all around the field. I think at one point he popped up basically at left back. He was coming all the way back, you know, on the left wing to pick up a ball. At, at, I think it was on a throw-in or something like that. And uh I was surprised to see him there, but then again, like the man, the man wants to be on the ball. I love that in a, in a number nine. So man, I, I hope he can stay healthy. I know Adrian Perez is also out. I think a hamstring was it. Mm-hmm. So we're looking a little thin all of a sudden at number nine. Yeah. I'm again, I think was it Danny Mukowski came mm-hmm. was is the one who ended up coming in. Yeah. And so obviously I think our forward line is a bit, it's a bit thin at the moment, but you know, again, like I'm, you know, said hoping that they're able to kind of figure, you know, hopefully the injury is not too serious. And then from then, because again, I don't think BWP is 90 minutes fit either. So, right. you know, again, that, that does provide a little bit of an issue. But again, Latif is always another guy that you can push back up to winger, bring one of the other, you know, midfielders that, you know, you have, you have some good midfielders sitting on the bench. Um, you know, you can kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Brian Rodriguez getting the monkey off his back. How pumped were you to see his goal? I know I was very excited. Oh my gosh! Especially after the the first one of the he had an opportunity earlier in the game that he sailed over the like like kicked mm-hmm. a field goal. I think um, he, it was a cutback cross, and he was at the spot or near it, right? And he yeah, just and just had a just blasted it, just a clear and just cleared it over the over the you know at least he. At, at minimum, I was hoping he put just put a good ball on frame, you know, because he has been doing that at least. Um, you know, it's just again either either he's hit the a lot of times just hitting the post or something like that. But you know, um, I was actually running back and forth working with a patient and ended up seeing it. It's like just couldn't believe that it's like it you know took this long. But hopefully, again, it's the beginning of you know the start of something um, new going forward because they're definitely going to need him you know, in the absence of Carlos Vela to show up, at least from a scoring standpoint. You know, like I said, Rossi's going to do his thing. BWP's going to do his thing. Dio's one of it. When healthy's going to do his thing. But if if you start to see 
Rodriguez played to his full potential and that ability to now cut underneath the forwards, almost like the way that Isco plays or whether that, you know, Messi plays when he's playing underneath um, Suarez and Griezmann right now, but before previously Suarez and Neymar. Um, again, that, that just gives you a litany of opportunities where now the midfield doesn't have to do the midfield can stay more stable instead of having to get into, you know, encroach into the into the half spaces because now you're allowing, you know, your forward to do that work. You know, right now he's doing the, you know, he, there's a couple of times where he he cut in and that's where he was the most dangerous. And so hopefully we start to see a little bit more of that, um, him getting that ball on the right hand side, getting on his left foot, and then just making things happen. Um, because I think, like I said, from there he can he'll he'll be able to set up, you know, quite a few more goals from that position there. Cause I think he's a more natural creator than, than Rossi is. Rossi, I think is just more of an out and out scorer. Whereas, yeah. whereas I think when you see Rodriguez come up with the ball, you know, I think there's more, there's a little bit more that you, that can happen. It's just a matter of again, him getting confidence and him trying, trying to get up, you know, some of these ideas out and making it look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, your point about Rossi being an out-and-out scorer, I mean, that goal that he had was an absolute rocket, uh, able to find, you know, the the top corner, the far post, a great finish. It, and then Brian Rodriguez able to slot it away. I feel like, I mean, I've always said this, that it's. I think it's an emotional thing because you can see his quality on the ball. You can see uh, after every missed shot that he's had, which are several so far, in uh, in an LAFC jersey that he's just so frustrated with himself and so exasperated. So hopefully this will be uh this will be the just the spark that he needs. Um you ready to get into some questions, Josh, before yeah. we get on out of here tonight? Let's do it. I think we mostly have uh comments here, but uh with the first four, thank you for showing up big time is are from Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. Uh, we got to see how fast Djokovic is again tonight, and he probably and he was probably our best defender. Really impressed with Janela when he came on. Um, I did think Djokovic looked good, and he acquitted himself quite well, being able to keep up with Albert Elise, uh, who is probably like ten years younger than he is. Uh, and Janela, I you kind of hit it earlier, but uh, I feel like he brought a, a very calming influence to the midfield and a lot more quality when passing the ball. Uh, anything on those two points, Josh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, for, first of all, for Yakovic, I mean, the guy get, got on his high horse, like I, said, I mentioned that earlier. Um, you don't want him to have to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, and I think a lot of the reason why we were forced to see how fast he was was because of some of the weird positioning things that the midfield is doing or just turning over the ball in bad spaces. Um, again, clean that up most of it you know goes away same thing with Jenna. i think you are the one who you know if you haven't checked it out yet go over to the bank note and um check out kirk's film review of janela before he actually came on and it was one of the things i think we had pointed out where it was just he smooth the ball and understands he sees the pass before it happens right mm-hmm. and i and i'm starting to you know like i said and i, th- I think there is a connection i think he he he's been living with diego rossi um through the uh through the lockdowns. So again, I'm assuming, you know, like I said, when you see the way that they play, you can definitely tell that they have some kind of connection between, 
you know, the three of them. And so I think, again, a lot of what you saw in the second half is familiarity with each other. A lot of what you saw in the first half is the opposite of that, right? Is yeah. how familiar how familiar are you with how fast someone is? How can what what ball do they want? All those types of things. Um, I think you saw a little bit more of that in the second half because you had guys that are familiar with each other on a personal level, you know, and then on you know in the first half a little bit less, you know, um, you know, again just in terms of the balls that were hit, the expectations of what's you know expectations of what people are going to do in certain situations. I can you just I, to me that was I think the biggest thing tonight was that like the mm-hmm. people. Play, you know, players were expecting the guy next to him to do one thing, and then the other would happen, and then you had to react. Fortunately, they're talented enough to, you know, to get back and make in and recover a couple times again. And but at the same time, we also gave up three goals in the first half. So, you know, there's definitely yeah. some things that are going to have to change. Yeah, I felt like your point about people being on top of each other. I felt like I saw Mark Anthony K and Latif Blessing standing on top of each other several times uh, as Mark Anthony K looked to Blessing to, as if like, hey, pass the ball and then move. Like, get out of my space, right? Um, I felt like Blessing, especially in the first half, we've talked about this several times where he, uh, he'll, he'll tend to hold onto the ball and take too many touches and then get dispossessed. Uh, and it's it's led to a lot of counterattacking goals that led to it today. I felt like he he looked much better at right back actually today uh, than he did elsewhere on the field. Uh, next one from uh, at Christy Alley is uh, Max. Matt's maturity is great to see. BWP will score goals in this team. Great to see Brian finally take his time and finish off a good chance. So three things there. We kind of talked about Mac being a that you know a, a leader and somebody who stepped up. Uh, in a big way today, BWP, I really liked his goal because I think you can see that over and over again. BWP is so good at being a poacher in the box. And what I mean by that is, you know, finding a, a ball coming through and uncovering at the right time, not too early, uh, obviously not too late. Um, so you see Rossi break free and he's going to continually do that with his pace and is able to put a pass in between the keeper behind the back line. And then BWP just breaks free at the right moment and is able to get a toe on and redirect it in the goal. To me, uh, that's something that's highly uh, repeatable based on the skill set of those two. And then again, we just, we already talked about Brian getting his first goal. Anything on those, Josh? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think having a guy like BWP is going to pay dividends down the road. Right. You know, like you're going to see him do little things here and there now, you know, and I think that's what we're expecting prior to obviously all the COVID stuff was, you know, I think we expected him to be, you know, I think we didn't, I don't think anyone really knew what, what you were going to get because he hadn't played, you know, last year he was more or less injured for the majority of the year and definitely didn't look like the same BWP that he had been previously. But if you can get anywhere close to what he looked like for tonight, for even half, you know, half an hour, there's going to be those opportunities that those are goals that only guys like him score, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to be just a a true goal scorer to be to be able to understand how to get on the end of that one, 
right? And, and there's guys that are just pure finishers, and he's definitely one of them. And to have a guy like that that's confident in front of the goal to be able to do those sort of thing outside of Carlos Vela is is a huge plus. And again, do we expect him to be the leading scorer? No, we, we probably expect that from Rossi or or Rodriguez, given you know given what we're, their talent level and what we're paying them. But at the mm-hmm. same time, to have a veteran guy that who's been there, done that before, it's going to be huge down the line. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one. Uh, same user. We got the Leon away version of Blackman and Cheeky tonight. Segre unusually stale too. Latif started badly, but kind of got it together and played well when shifted to right back. Um, I will agree that the fullbacks uh, looked shaky. I, I Again, to me, this is more of a positioning thing uh, and something that I'll look, I'll look at later. I, I think Cheeky did have some trouble dealing with much bigger um, professional wingers than he probably anticipated. I feel like, I think, again, that first, second goal, I guess it was, that was played long over the top into his, you know, back into his zone. And uh, I don't remember who it was that brought it down, but Bob brought him over after the water break and you could see them having a discussion. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a small little guy. I don't expect him to win a whole lot of headers, but he's going to have to be uh, a little stiffer. Uh, I didn't think Segura looked too bad. I thought he had a lot of, uh, a lot of tackles tonight that, that saved us big time. And we talked about Latif. Anything on these, Josh? I mean, Segura, I think is just, did what he had to given the position he's getting put in by mm-hmm. either the midfield or the fullbacks at any given moment. So I think, again, both Segura and Yakovic are basically just having to do whatever it takes to limit the damage given the position in which the, you know, they're getting attacked and where, where their help defense is at that given moment. Right. So you would expect that if, if the fullback, you know, Cheeky is often, you know, pushed up super, super high, like to the end line high, that one of the midfielders is going to drop in, right, and, and help out in that space, you know, or or have a guy like like Atuesta is po- likely supposed to be, you know, in, in, in kind of a Busquets role where he goes from sideline to sideline to clean all that up. Yeah. Well, none of that happened, right? So you have everyone pushed up, and then now you have either Segura or Yakovic on the island with, with wing, you know, with wingers, which is not ideal. Um, and should never really happen. And so I think, again, a lot of some of the, what, so a lot of some of the stuff that looked bad from Segura and Yakovic, again, I think is a factor of mainly the fullbacks in the midfield. If they can figure, you know, figure out that balance, again, it, it just comes down to how you balance the field. When one guy does this, I do this. And that, that type of thinking, as opposed to what we saw a lot of was long ball forward and you have, Everyone pushing forward except for Yakovic and and uh, and Segura at times it seemed and mm-hmm. and now if you if you lose possession or get caught on the counter you know it's it's just miles of space because not all everyone is you know again the balance of the field is off you're getting caught between making sure that you have that solid back you know a solid defense you know counter for the counter attack or getting bodies forward. But again, when they have so many guys back, I'm not sure more bodies is going to do you that much the good in terms of upping your scoring chances. So that's where I think balancing the field a little bit better, spreading it out maybe wider, as opposed to everything, again, throughout the first half seemed extremely narrow at times. Um, again, 
will hopefully solve some of those problems in terms of the backline getting caught because I think they're expecting someone to cover them when they're pushing for that high and it's not happening. Yeah, right, right. All right, last one. Uh, I hope Josh's COVID cough is all better and to, for tonight. Uh, great to have LAC and you guys back. So thank you, first of all, for welcoming, welcoming us back. Thank you for uh, participating in the show. And Josh, it does sound like you are uh, free of whatever ailment you had a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it, it does it go, drinking some water actually goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Uh, heavy hitter in our mentions tonight. Uh, I feel like we're out kicking our coverage here. Travis Helwig. Uh, why does our back line, uh, do that? I think we've covered this pretty extensively, but again, for just to sum it up real quick, I think you have a back line that hasn't played together, uh, much, even if at all, I don't know if we've seen that back four play together yet. Um, yeah, they started the last, the last couple games, I think. Okay, with Palacios on the left as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I stand corrected. And then you see the midfield bailing in there, you know, tracking runners. The other thing I think was Houston was that Houston was really effective with was they were essentially sending four attackers on every counter. So they had a, a front three of, let's see, who was it? It was at least Manotas and Quintero. And then they also had Memo Rodriguez who was playing in the midfield, but I think he's a natural winger. If I, if I remember correctly, and anytime they would get a break, there would be a ball behind the fullback and then all four of them would take off. So at best LAFC with no midfield help, uh, and the fullbacks pushed up is going to be, uh, you know, recovering with three defenders, you know, whoever that fullback and then the two center backs, you know, the fullback on that side and the other two center backs. And then you see, the midfield trying to catch up the fullback trying to catch up on the other side. So it's either a four V three or four V two. And, you know, for the second half, uh, you know, for the, I guess I should say like the, the last 20 minutes of that second of that first half, they just ripped him to pieces, um, with those counter attacks. Yeah. I mean, and the counter press doesn't do much when all they're doing is launching that, that deep ball. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, yeah, having guys like Latif and, and Mark Anthony K who can turn you back over when you're playing against a team that's trying to possess the ball as much as LAFC or possess the ball in a way that's similar to LAFC yeah. works perfectly, right? Against the Seattles, Atlanta, and so on and so forth. But against teams that are willing to just absorb that pressure, wait for you to commit numbers, and then boom, hit that over the top on the counter, which again is about 80% of the league. You have to have a counter for that. And again, I don't didn't necessarily come until the second half when they brought um, Janela in and then their 10, you know, again, now the passing in the midfield was a little bit more clean. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, um, those are things they're going to have to look at obviously before, before next week we get in because it's putting the defend the back line in a bad spot more, more than they should. And this is something that hasn't changed since last year. You know, I think we talked about this. Was it after the Philadelphia game? Um, you know, Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of the same, you know, the, the gal talking about this again, you know, when against, against the galaxy is probably we sound like a broken record because again, it's constantly the same thing. Midfield either turning the ball over and doing it in a time when the fullbacks are pushed up high and then it leaves the center backs out to dry as opposed to 
if you see the fullbacks pushing high, then the midfield needs to stop, right? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. And so and again, I, that, it's it's unclear. I feel like it used to be uh, Tuesta that was given that responsibility, but I feel like it's unclear at this point who is responsible for staying back, if anybody. Yeah. Because um, that Tuesta from the midfield is is the main creator of the midfielders, right? So he he gets right. forward at times as well. So you would think it should be Latif, who is the more of the destroyer type, you know, or even K for that matter. But there's no one in there to sweep things up in the absence of the fullbacks pushing, you know, because the fullbacks are pushed up forward, right? You can yeah. push up numbers like that, you know, like you said, teams do that all the time, Barcelona, City, whatever. But there's always that defensive midfielder who's sitting, you know, in the six to just eat up everything that comes back the right, other way, right? Right? Whether that's you know Fernandinho for Manchester City, Busquets in his prime, um, Liverpool right now with Fabinho, they have that guy. When when numbers are pushed forward, but because our main creator is also our six, that's where I think you're getting a little bit of this weird balance issue and 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 ro- almost rotation issue. It's like almost like your your help your help side defense. You know, to use a basketball reference, your help side defense isn't rotating fast enough to be able to deal with what their attack is doing. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned there too is I feel like there should be an easy enough trigger for, all right, somebody's got to step back because you have guys like Tristan Blackman who aren't just going down the wing and overlapping. They're underlapping to the point where they're literally playing in between the right winger and, uh, and the striker. So they're occupying one of the, one of the defenders on the opposing back line. To me, if Latif or Atuesta see that, like you have got to stay back and cover form, um, even if the attack is on. So, yeah, Travis, I mean, thank again, you for- they, that happens in you know, like you know, you'll see you'll see fullbacks at the highest level do that all the time. But mm-hmm. when that happens, the midfield inverts. Yeah, right. Right, and again, right. that's something that we just didn't see tonight. Maybe it's a matter of rust. Maybe you know, or mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to say it's a matter of rust, but these are things that we saw last year as well. And earlier in the season, um, <clears throat> I think in the Leon game, the first one, we saw some of these issues pop up. Um, yeah, you know, because this this isn't the first time we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Travis. Next one is Pepe at just when maybe one. I like this question, Josh. Uh, is Vermeer who we thought he was? I think this depends on who you thought Vermeer was. Uh, I. I'm not one to really say I told you so. I admittedly didn't take a, a a really definitive stand on Vermeer early on, mostly because I feel like I don't know what I'm watching half the time with keepers. Uh, I will say that when watching Vermeer now, I am just as, if not more, confused and uh, riled up than when I am when I watched Tyler Miller. Ooh, I'm not there yet. Um, okay. <laughs> because for me, I think I think he he's more commanding in the box than Tyler Miller ever was in terms of it, but I think it comes with an expectation level of certain things that are so that are supposed to happen but aren't. Right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like in that first goal, right? I think he expects a guy not to be stupid enough to jump in the air on a pump fake. And right. so that that front right. side front side should be covered, so he can play the back, you know, play the far post. Again, far be it for me, I don't understand that thing about goalkeeping, 
But I think when when you when I think there's an I think for him having played at a at a high level, there's an expectation for the midfielders and the defense to do specific things, and I'm not sure those things are always happening. And when that doesn't happen, I think that's where you've seen goals being given up, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it was Blackman that got beat on the second Memo Rodriguez goal. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, and just on, on a weird, on a run, diagonal run that, again, because he gets caught out of position. Again, maybe, again, he needs their, their, that ability to come, you know, maybe he has to be even more commanding. But again, I think you have guys that are, you know, that have a little bit more, that are taking a little bit more freedom and license than they probably should given, you know, given what they may lack on the other side of things. And so, um, yeah, that that that's where I stand on it for now. I can see, like I said, I I'll I'll maybe he'll, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but for me, it becomes a matter of like to me. I think there's a couple of times when I've seen certain things happen where I think he's expecting people to do a, a specific thing, and they do the complete opposite, and then he gets put in no man's land. So yeah, maybe I mean, that's on him for not talking that out and figuring that out. But I mean, like the first goal to me is the prime example of that happening, like. Mm-hmm. Why would you jump? Yeah, yeah. And I think the the set piece goal that Elise gets as well, he's probably, I mean, I think that one's a little unfair on uh, to, to give to him because the line is so undisciplined. You have BWP and I think Palacios on the backside as well, both holding him on side. So, I mean, just, just poor set piece uh, defending, which yeah. isn't necessarily anything new. Yeah, I mean, these are things that we've we've harped on in the past, and things that they need to clean up. Should they, yeah, you know, want yeah. for it? But again, it's also things that kill you in tournament play, and so right. that that is the thing. It's like if you want to win this tournament, you're going to have to clean those things up in a hurry. Um, and again, sometimes you don't have that free, you know, that ability to play, you know, as aggressively as you want. You, you probably want to, um, but at the same time, again, it's given the circumstances. You know, I don't expect you to shy away from your principles, but the tactics can also change for the for the moment. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's something that we can, you know, that we we can probably agree on. Like, it doesn't mean you have to change your 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 principle of how you want to play, but your tactics in that moment in those particular situations probably have to adjust, and and again, guys have to think more. And I think that's where you're running into problems again. Guys just aren't mm-hmm. thinking in those moments. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you mentioned the tournament. So in our group, we are tied with Houston at the moment with a point apiece. Right now, Galaxy and Portland are locked uh, nil-nil in the 54th minute. Chicharito has missed a penalty and what appears to be a sitter. I'm not watching the game. Uh, I'm just kind of following along on Twitter as I'm reading these questions uh, from our listeners and there are Donald Trump Chicharito memes coming through. So <laughs> I'm not gonna, yeah, I don't even know what to time say about to sign that. Off for tonight. Yeah. It's probably time to get off Twitter because it's about to get ugly. Um, again, love that. I, I love anytime the galaxy is, is melting down. Um, it's good to be back with MLS, Josh. Uh, anything else tonight before we get out of here? 
no, I mean, obviously we'll be back probably in a couple of days with a more in-depth look um, after we go on it. And then we have the next the next edition of El Trafico in what, what five days? Yeah, time? I think Saturday, right? Yep. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to it. We will speak with you in a few days. If you have any other questions, be free. Uh, be sure to hit us up on Twitter at counterpress underscore. I'm at, at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. At LAFC, Josh. All right. Let us know if we missed anything. Thanks again for tweeting at us, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.